said that. I mean, cool. I I will I will be doing that. What <laughs> for Sweet. sure? All right, everybody. Welcome to episode one twenty four of the Fantasy Timeline. A proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at Dr underscore Pra. Drew, how are you doing, man? I am fantastic. I'm about to hit 11 days of PTO, hit up New York City, and then actually going to be in this guy's neck of the woods. I'm helping a a buddy drive across country from Rochester, New York, all the way to uh, Washington State next week. So we're going to have some fun. I thought I I took a hike driving from Philly to Kalispell, Montana, and you're still adding like another uh, about 10 hours. (laughs) Another day, man. Yeah. Bless your heart are you the driver or are you the passenger uh both my my friend is heading out west before his family because his kids got to finish school so he got a new job offer that starts uh on the 18th so i told him i I wasn't gonna let him drive 38 or 40 hours by himself and possibly you know get lost hijacked something like that so this is great you guys just need to buy an eighth of shrooms and trade off tripping (laughs) <laughs> the passenger's trips for 12 hours then you swap it's perfect i mean that that's actually a pretty good idea because honestly i did my drive pretty much sober and it was terrible <laughs> it's awful so um yeah do that uh but yeah so obviously if you are watching us live on youtube which you should be doing uh you see a very attractive and intelligent man with us. We got Britt Sanders at FF Sam at the FF Sam man. Sorry for messing that up. Britt, how you cool. doing, man? Uh, it's a great day. Seattle or Washington had its first like full sunny day in longer than I can remember, which is always a beautiful thing. I woke up and it wasn't dark and ugly. And uh, I'm eating my homemade protein bites, which are surprisingly Ooh. tasty thanks to blue agave. Um, I sound like a tool now, which is awesome, but I'm doing wonderful. I'm really happy to be here. And we are happy to have you before, before we get into the fun, why don't you just tell everybody, uh, where you're at, where they can find you and what you're doing. Oh yeah. That's important. Right. Um, so, (laughs) so, uh, I have a lot of shit going on right now. Um, my, I have a rookie podcast called rookie on the rise, which is basically a, yearly or a a quarterly seasonal podcast where it's just focusing on incoming rookies and their overall evaluation. It's just my attempt to better help the average listener to get a grasp on how like what are good, what are good rookies and what are bad rookies. And I'm just trying to help them not suck during rookie drafts. Uh, And then I have a second podcast with Debbie deep dive on Brandon's channel called predictive measures of success. And there I'm, basically going to be talking about analytic the analytic side of Debbie football which is exceptionally fun i just dropped the third or second and a half episode because the first episode's an intro and that never counts uh on the analytics of wide receivers i have a really exciting guest coming up for the analytics quarterbacks coming on in a little bit here and then i'll briefly do tight ends because let's be honest no one really actually cares about tight ends or should be drafting them in Debbie leagues um i write for yards per and breakout finder and I write for Fantasy Pros, but I've yet to drop an article. And I, yeah. So I've got a lot of stokes in the fire, and I'm just kind of having fun poking and prodding which one I feel like doing that day. 
And I will say that everything that I have consumed that you have done has been amazing. So if you ain't doing it, you should be doing it because not only is Britt good at the writing and the speaking, uh, but he's also very, very smart. So um, you're not wasting your time when you uh, consume anything that he uh, that he's done. So you're gonna make me blush. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate uh, that. You know, I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm <laughs> honestly, Drew is the uh, is the great fantasy mind. I am just a uh, stop it, an overpaid hype <laughs> man. So, uh, but we work well together. So every Batman uh, look, needs a Robin. And look, we already we already got this starting from recovering Ridley Truther, Dalton Schultz. Uh, that is uh, directed strictly at me because I told uh, I told people in the Cool Kids Club, the uh, the Trade Addicts uh, group me chat that uh, Dalton Schultz reminds me a lot of another guy that we all loved for a year, uh, Bob Tanyan. Um, I I did not get the uh, I did not get the response that actually I didn't think I was going to get a good response when I said it. So, I mean, but I said hey, it because, because I think it's true. Not when you speak I, the truth, people don't like it. You know, we, um, you know, a guy, a guy kind of comes out of nowhere and gets you uh, 808 from the tight end position. I take a step back. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone said, well, he had 604 last year. And I go, yeah, that that's like that gets you from like that two hundred and four touchdowns gets you from like tight end fifteen to tight end five. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking about tight ends, it's a ton. You know, uh, so, so you could have been in the money if Blake Jarwin didn't find a new home, but he did. So now it's Dalton Schultz to the moon. Yeah, but here's here's another thing. I'm a Cowboys fan, so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I know. Uh, what my team likes to do, they're actually a very good <laughs> drafting team, even though once they get that talent on the field, <laughs> but they usually do very well in the draft, even if it's like one of their picks like last year with Micah Parsons. Usually they have more than one last year. I think they realized they had it one in the first round and just took the rest of the draft off, which they hadn't, but hey, um, I'm not going to be surprised. We'll see Dallas go wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Not actually, if I was going to bet money on it, I would bet money that their pick in the first round is going to be a wide receiver. Same. And I would also not be shocked if they are the first team to take a tight end off the board. So, as much as we love Dalton Schultz right now, let's just remember they franchised him, they only have him for a year. There's there's no long term commitment to the Dalton Schultz. So, uh, really, Truther, I love you. I know you were trying to poke a little fun at me, but I said what I said. So, on that note, let's get into the news, fellas. So, last week the news was like Rojo, and we were like, <laughs> after all the quarterback trades, Tom Brady came back and. You know, Tyreek Hill is in Miami. Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas. And Rojo goes to the to the street. And then we had the, you know, who's better, Dalton Schultz. Or Dalton Schultz, see, now it's on my mind. Rojo <laughs> or CEH. And that was just like, God. Derek Gore. 
Mm. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 the sad part is I can't even say that um, that shouldn't be an option. But then we, we, we spiced it up. We started the week. We spiced it up. We woke up from our, our news slumber with a, with a big boy trade. And, and I'm glad this actually happened when it did because on the timeline, April is always our draft month. We try to get some of the best and the brightest rookie minds, draft minds in here, and really try to get people prepared for not only obviously the actual NFL draft at the end of April, but rookie drafts usually start right after that. I know some people have a couple of drafts before that, but I, I was in one league that did that, and it's kind of insanity. Um, That's awesome. RIP, Hakeem Butler. Uh, so, um, but, but let's get to this trade. The Eagles and the Saints make a trade. So, the Saints, we'll start with them. They get pick 16, pick 19, and pick 194, which is a sixth-round pick. They give the Eagles pick 18, pick 101 this year, which is a, which is a third-rounder, pick 237 this year, which is a seventh-rounder, a 2023 first, and a 2024 second. And after I saw all the particulars, as a Cowboys fan, I just put my head in my hands because the, the, that's an obvious Eagles win. <laughs> like, like they literally just like they they just gave the Saints a bag of magic beans. Except <laughs> there's no beanstalk. There's no happy ending at the end of this at the end of this story. You, you got two picks. In the teens, and now the rumor is, well, they're going to package those picks and move ahead of Carolina to get a quarterback. So wait a minute. You gave up two firsts, one this year, one next year. (laughs) They're going to give up two more firsts for what? Malik Willis? By the way, I like Malik Willis, but Malik Willis isn't four firsts worth. I'm sorry, he's not. You're going to get Kenny Pickett? All right. Bless you. Like I said earlier, when we started this thing off, you could have had Sam Howell and just stayed put. And honestly, had just as good of a shot as what Malik Willis might be, what Kenny Pickett might be. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Britt, what do you think about this? Like, is this like uh, the Awful. Saints are just doing what they got to do, or is it no. just the Saints being the Saints? So let me let's do a little mind road trip, right? Back in 2019, I think 2020, the Seattle Seahawks are in a pretty certain predicament, similar to the Saints, where they're a winning franchise for a long time, and all of a sudden they're at a crossroads because they're starting to suck, and they're panicking because they're not used to sucking. And so Pete Carroll and Sean Schneider do what I figure they always do every night. And they go snuggle up in their little like old school giant beanie or like a mm-hmm. beanie bag chair. Mm-hmm. And they have some like legally blonde on and they're eating some chocolate, healthy popcorn. And Pete probably turns to John and goes, John, I need a safety. Cam's gone. Earl's gone. I need somebody. And John goes, Oh, bet there's this really good guy. that's in New York and no one, uh, he doesn't want to be there and they want him there. So like, let's just mortgage our future and get him. Pete's like, damn it. That's beautiful. 
And uh, so we send two first for Jamal Adams, who is basically like a sack specialist. Like you can't cover, can't tackle. Right, right. And like, so we're, anyways, Um, that move is very similar to how the Saints are handling this move. They are used to success. They're tired of floundering and they're feeling desperate. And they just made a desperation play too early. And if they wanted to move into 105, or I think the Panthers are picking six, which yeah. I think, so if they wanted to move the 105, they could have very easily just not gotten the Eagles first and been like, hey, I'm just going to send you two firsts and a fifth, and uh, we'll take your, your pick. Thanks so much. Bye. But, so, like, I don't I don't know what they're doing. It doesn't make sense for them to trade up here unless they're anticipating somehow maybe moving pick 16 and a 2024 first maybe to get up there so they also have a, a back end first. My, my, my pocket hope is that they – just ride Jameis and they go and grab two wide receivers at 16 and 19 because like they need wide receiver. They need everything. Let's be honest. But like that would give them the most realistic chance of being somewhat relevant, even though it doesn't matter because Tom Brady's back. So everything's fucking a, a disaster. And that's that uh, <laughs> conference. Drew, what do you think about this trade that did, did the saints do the right thing Did they just, did they just load up the Eagles for years to come? Hell no. This is this is one of those trades that I dream of making in a dynasty league somewhere. This is one I, I I hope I get this person at the right time. Maybe they had a little too much to drink this evening. Maybe they're on a roll just making trades. Maybe it's uh, you know, they're reeling from an outhouse challenge or something like that. And and they just want to maybe get ahead of somebody in, in the upcoming rookie draft. And I love it for the Eagles. They spread out their first this year and next year. Uh, it makes Roseman look competent. Uh, makes him look like he's had a plan all along. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely one of those moves that I would love to move into. You know, give me another 2023 first. Sure. You know what? I guess I'll give up the 16th pick. You know, and, and they still stayed ahead of him for the second first round pick this year, uh, which I mean, it gives them more leverage too. Even if they hang on to him, it'll be fun to see what they do with that when they're on the clock. So no, this is, uh, like you said at the beginning, clear win for the Eagles. Uh, do they do the right thing and make a, you know good picks this year? We'll see. That's that's the fun part is they could still fumble here and then you know they could still screw it up. But um, you know on paper, pre-draft at this time of the year, I, I, a lot of people out there wondering you know just like in, in a rookie draft. Now this is where a lot of us as dynasty players start to tighten up on our picks. You know, uh, I'm gonna hold off. We're only three weeks from the draft. I want to see some landing spots. I want to see what's available on the board when I get to my pick. And, you know, I appreciate the offer, but until you blow me away, I'm going to, I'm going to hold steady. Right. Uh, Eagles got that Godfather offer and made the right choice. Which is like you mentioned is weird because like, when you think of Howie Roseman, you don't think of competency. You think of buffoonery. It's like if Cliff Kingsbury was a gem, just failing upward and getting lucky somehow. I, I will say, and, and the, I actually, I'm a Cowboys fan, but but I live right outside of Philadelphia. Howie Roseman is very good at trading. He's not good at any of the other stuff, but he is like he makes trades, and I go, how does he pull that off? Like, how did he go to the Saints? Hey guys, you want a couple of first rounders this year? Okay, how about this? How about this? You give me one of your first rounders, right? You give me your first rounder. <laughs> I'm going to need one in 2023. Saints were probably like, oh, that sounds like a fair deal. No, no, no. Wait, there is more. I'm going to need a third this year. 
and a second in 2024. Is, is, is that all you need? You know what? Can you just give me a random seventh ju- <laughs> just because? And the Saints were just like, yeah, th- this is great. Like, I wanted to give you guys six picks <laughs> just so that I could have two late teen picks in a draft that most people are just saying, eh, it's okay. Like, I would get if this was last year's draft that we're talking about, you know, five quarterbacks going in the top 15 and Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell, who was being looked at as possibly a general generational lineman. We, we don't have like the number one pick, which is usually the most solidified concrete pick in any draft. At some points, it's been Aiden, Hutchin- Aiden Hutchinson. It's been Iki Aquanu. It's been me. Like, there's been like five different guys who have occupied that spot at one point or another. And the Saints were like, "Yeah, this is where we need to get a whole <laughs> bunch of picks." Like, in a draft where like literally anything from eight to twenty can literally be anybody like if I say hey this guy can go at eight or he can go at 20 most guys are going to be like yeah probably right (laughs) like he can go anywhere in there so I mean hey the Saints are doing what the Saints do but wow and then I want to save this for last because Drew's in the house Drew Drew's smiling a little bit big big time Buffalo Bills fan we actually talked a little bit about Stefan Diggs last week after yeah. the uh, the Tyree kill trade. And he gets him some money. Um, it is a four-year, $104 million extension. I think like $70 million of that is guaranteed. Uh, good for him. He deserves it, by the way. Uh, and anyone who says that he doesn't, uh, d- doesn't watch football. And that's Kick fine. rocks. But, but um, you, if you say that to me, you just you have showed me that you don't watch the game of football, and that's fine. Not everybody does. Um, so, like, as much as we just took a took a shit on the Saints, um, I mean, we're all we're all patting the Bills on the back, right? I mean, they keep their big time weapon for their big time quarterback on a team that is you know, one of the favorites to win the loaded AFC this year. Mm, there um, are no favorites. Uh, I don't think that's true, to be Not honest. Not anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's true. We've mm. seen a lot of movement, but mm. we'll see if, we, if we've if we seen a lot of good movement. Well, I'll put it to you that way, because the, the Bills have been competing, and they've been almost – they were 13 seconds away this year. I think they would have beat the Bengals if they had won that game. Um, you know, they're in it. You know, obviously you have, you know, it seems like every team in the AFC almost has a premier quarterback, but Josh Allen is is one of the best, if not the best quarterback, and that team is just uh they're very good. So uh Drew, why don't we start with you? Why don't why don't you just jump up and down, clap, whatever you gotta do uh on a good move made by your team. Uh, I, I'm almost ready. I, I got my, uh, you can't see it over my shoulder here. I've got my kid's little play table. I don't have a folding table in the house right now, but I'm, I'm tempted to jump through it. 
Uh, I think you should. I think you actually let let's save that. Maybe we'll put that as uh, as extra content on the DAP network. Just, just some outtakes, yeah, some behind the climb, scenes. Climb up a ladder and just right through the table. I mean, yeah. it's Pottery Barn, so I think it probably breaks me before I break it. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, but no, I I am thrilled. It looks like uh, we should be the last stop for for digs. The bromance lives on uh, i'm so excited for uh josh allen for the team and for what that means uh you know moving forward it's just such a such a good feeling to know that you've got that duo there that when they need to they can they can call the number and they can they can make a play happen you know he might be quiet for 56 minutes and then in, in the last four minutes pull out you know the biggest catch that we need to get us into scoring position he can draw the coverage he needs to um, excited to see where else they go. So actually, I'm, I'm kind of curious what y'all think this means for a guy like Gabe Davis that's been so polarizing with all the money we're spending on digs here. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were assuming that we'd go out and get another uh, veteran or get somebody through the draft early, maybe early day two or something like that. So I'm just curious, uh, you know, did, did, uh, did your opinion at all shift uh, there or you still have some expectations with the draft coming up? I'll let you answer that first, Britt, because I, I got opinions. So I'll let yeah, you I got it. opinions too. Um, Good. so here's my thing about players that average a 10.9% target share over two years and can't beat out veteran journeymen. It's they suck. <laughs> my God. I just so Gabe Davis is a very competent player, right? If he gets that volume of wide receiver two, he's going to produce well. But let's not pretend that that four touchdown game where Kansas City was literally asking them to be beaten by Gabe Davis is an indicator of what Gabe Davis is going to do for the next however many seasons he plays in the NFL when his last two seasons, he can't fucking manage a target share above 12%. And they bought an even better older guy back, which is Jamison Crowder. So you got Crowder in the slot. You got Gabe outside and you got Stephon Diggs. I think it's very likely in this class. You see Jahan Dotson, probably not Sky Moore because they don't want to spend that capital. But maybe even a Christian Watson, someone to build around. I think that... Like this doesn't do anything in your in regards to Gabe Davis. He's he is dead. He's been dead. He will be dead. He's gonna have some really fun boom weeks, which everyone's gonna throw in my face. Like, ah, look, you suck. And then I'll send him the end of the season ring. So like, boom. Um, but I was I was curious when Stefan Diggs' contract told, right? His contract told from the Vikings in 2023. So this is yet again what happens when Devonta Adams just says, bro, I want to play for my childhood teams. And Raiders say, hey, do you like money? Um, we don't really like it, so why don't you take all of our money? Uh, and now DK Metcalf is no longer going to be a Seahawk because there's no way that Jody Allen signs that check and John Schneider does that, and I'm very sad. So it, it would have been fun to uh, debate with you, Britt, but that, 100% right. Like We've tried to make Gabe Davis a thing, and I don't know why. Like, we do this every year. Like, some rando running back or wide receiver has, like, a massive game. And we're like, look, they're good. And it's like, well, wait a minute. They sucked the entire season. <laughs> like, why are they good after one game? Don't we play Dynasty? Aren't we supposed to look at the long-term implication of things? And it's like, yeah, but he had one good game. Like, I don't think you understand. And I'm like, no, I understand perfectly. Like, he had one good game. Like, uh, good for him. Um, but the the Bills, 
did sign uh, Jamison Crowder, which is like Emmanuel Sanders, but a different guy. And better. Better. And, and better. And they're probably going to use like a second or a third on a wide receiver. And listen, that one Gabe Davis game where he goes like six for a hundred and two touchdowns, everyone's going to get hyped. They're going to be able to trade him for first round picks again, because look, see, he just needed a little time to warm up. And then like the rest of the season, he's going to have like 32 receptions for like, 380 and like two touchdowns and we're gonna be like but what happened (laughs) so yeah like we have that to look forward to and that's fun i can't wait yeah like stop with the gabe davis stuff like we're not doing (laughs) like we're not doing like gabe davis is probably a great human being probably a nice guy i have nothing against the man but please like don't even don't put him in a trade and then tell me, oh, it's just a throw-in. Like, I want throw-ins that, like, I actually am like, huh, <laughs> this could be interesting. Like, I don't want to play, like, Gabe Davis roulette where I just, like, spin the wheel and it's, like, week 13. And I go, all right, I'm going to start him this week and hope for the best. Like, no, I don't want that. Like, stop. So, um, if anybody in your league ever asks you to trade them Gabe Davis, just be like, yeah, okay. Don't even ask what they want to give you. Just do that. And you'll make out in in the end. So uh, every every year you have an example of why you trade high in the playoffs, and Gabe Danful Gabe Davis is that example this year because you trade high when the values exploded, and you go and I saw some asinine trades when he it uh, popped off, uh, and dude. those those managers are winners. I I did a I did a startup draft in January, and Gabe Davis went before. Amari Cooper, I think. And I said, okay, that's something I could never do. But hey, <laughs> let's do this thing. Like, why not? So, somebody wants to get wild, get wild. Like, I'm not going to stop you. I'll just, I'll keep taking good players. And we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. So. Wasn't that in the league we were in together? Uh, yes, I do think that yeah. was the league that's we were in. I thought I saw like, oh my God, it's happening. Someone's going wild. What is it. this? I love it. I was like, okay. Um, I don't have I don't have to worry about looking at Gabe Davis in the 13th now. <laughs> Someone took him in the fifth. Cool. All right. Water we'll is do. wet. People are dumb. Let's ride. Dude, let's roll. Um, but that was good. Um, let let's hit the timeline though. I, I put out the tweet every week, you know, hey, send questions. We'll get a question or two. I think Britt brought all the boys to the yard because uh, we got so many listener questions and I'm excited about this. So let's roll. First one here is from that network brother. Uh, Probably going to be one of the main hosts of the Dat network draft show Mm. night one at eight o'clock. So, Hey, listen, watch it on the big screen. Watch ESPN or NFL Network, then mute it and then listen to us because we're going to be way more entertaining <laughs> and and do that. And I will be mentioning this every week because this is our draft month and we're doing a draft show and I'm super excited about all of it. So this is from Rocky, the trade addict at Dynasty FF Addict. Which top rookie wide receiver, ooh, ooh, wide receiver maybe, 
has the most potential to be a complete bust. Someone in most people's top five, i.e. Jalen Rager a couple years ago. And yes, Josh, I know you didn't like him anyway. Listen, this was another one that people argued with me about. But Jalen Rager's good. And I said, but then how come he wasn't elite in college? Well, he had bad quarterbacks. Okay, first of all, there's a dude, and this isn't going to be my bust dude, but there's a dude coming out this year that for a little bit of time was thought of as the wide receiver one in this class, Traylon Burks. By the way, Arkansas has got me and a substitute teacher from Little Rock throwing him the ball, okay? So let's let's not act like Traylon Burke had uh, Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas throwing him the ball, okay? I went way back with that one just to, just to make a point. That's why I didn't like Jalen Rager. Like, don't tell me he didn't produce because he had bad quarterbacks, but he's a good player. Good players overcome. Don't All make right. excuses for rookies. It's already hard enough to hit on them as is. Right. So, uh, Britt, since you're the expert here, I want you to take this one first. Who is that Who is that wide receiver that we are all loving on that maybe we shouldn't love on so much? So I guess it depends on, like, what you consider a bust. Uh, I'm just going to assume that he's talking about the top five wide receivers, right? And then yep. if I'm drafted in the top five wide receiver, I'm expecting at least two or three. They're all going to be going the first, like, 14 picks. So two or three top 24 years, right? Yep. Um, and two names come, or really one name comes to mind as what the one I think as the most likely to be a trap. And I think it was Matt Kelly on one of his podcasts brought it up. And it's kind of like the Brian Edwards corollary hmm. where like they get injured. They don't test. We don't know what they are. They're supposed to be really good. They did kind of well, but they were some circumstances navigating around their, their, their production and they're at a they're at a flashy school. They have a flashy name. They have a couple flashy plays. And that for me is George Pickens, right? Like oh. we know George Pickens <clears throat> is supposed to be one of the most talented wide receivers in the class. Had he not torn his ACL, it's extraordinarily likely that he would. But he did. And then you add on to the fact that you know he he's did good things in <clears throat> he did good things at Georgia, but it wasn't necessarily stuff where it like blew you away, right? Like what Traylon Burks did his last two years at Arkansas, Tr- George Pickens just wasn't able to do. George Pickens gave you like one. And my computer's crashing. I was going to pull up his metrics. But George Pickens gave you like one rookie season of really good production. And then he did decent his sophomore year. And then he got injured. And now it's just like, he's good. But like we don't really know how good. And so if you're going to expend a top five wide receiver pick on him, then I think it's the most likely to bust out of all of them. Um, I think James Jameson Williams is going to be the, the the popular pick, but I just think that his style is going to be successful in the NFL regardless. Can, can I make a confession, please? Jameson Williams, I don't care what you say, don't do it. is is do still it. my wide receiver too. Oh, I don't thank care. God. What, I don't care what you say about that man. <laughs> you can you can disparage him in any way, shape, or form. And honestly, it is very. It is taking all of my willpower to not make him my wide receiver one. Drake London, baby. Oh, see, this is where we're going to fight. Because um, the guy I think is the uh, has the biggest uh, possibility, the biggest chance of busting. I I put down Drake London. Um, So this this is some stuff I'm seeing. And listen, I tell people this all the time. 
if I was good enough to watch tape and actually talk about it all the time, I would, which is why I don't. I watch tape and understand that I'm a novice at it. Um, it's also the same reason why I don't do analytics because I could do it okay, but I could never be elite at it like so many uh, great analytic minds, which is why I will look at the smart people and I will go, okay, that makes sense to me, but I will never do it myself because why make a fool out of myself when there's so many people doing such great work? But Drake London, he looked slow coming out of releases. That 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 bothers me in the NFL. Like, okay, like maybe you could do that, okay. But maybe you could separate, which is fine. But it looked like he had trouble separating too. So I'm like, all right, he's slow out of release, and then he has trouble separating. And this is kind of a nitpicky thing because I don't think it is well, it's definitely not important to fantasy. We don't care about run blocking. But I don't think he's a good run blocker. But I also think that's something that a competent NFL team, and I'm not saying he will go to one of those, but if he does go to one of those, I think that's something that they can help him a lot with. So that's kind of just like my one nitpicky thing. The first two things bother me a lot more than the the last thing, than the run blocking. And if anybody, and I, I, I want to dispel this rumor right now because I'm sure some people are going to go, well, that sounds kind of like uh, Nikhil Harry. Okay, it's no, like it's it's not it's not that bad. Like we're not like that dude. That dude couldn't separate from me. Like he he could not separate at all. Um, but uh, but I think those are the first two things: the the slow release and the separation worries me, and I think it worries me more than some of the the cons I have on some of the other players. So, but it, it's actually funny because I, I don't know, Drew and Britt, and you guys can answer this. I don't know how much you keep up with kind of like the national, um, you know, mock drafts and the national guys that talk about this. But he seems to be a guy that a lot of people love nationally, but they don't really talk about him. It's kind of one of these things like, yeah, he's in the top 10. And then we just move on. We, we don't really talk. They don't really talk about him. So it's a very weird dynamic for me. And I don't know if you guys follow up with that too much or, you know, maybe I'm seeing something you guys aren't. But, uh, Drew, I don't know if you had one, uh, if you had a bust or not. I don't know about a strong bust. I think, uh, you know, the one I'm most curious about is Chris Olave. Um you know, he checks some of the boxes for elite production, early breakout age. I am not a film person at all. I mean, I, I can get caught up. These guys that come on and, you know, they'll do a 14 tweet thread, pick their clips and cut them. I, I love watching them and it, it gets me hyped about certain guys. Um, but I, I think I probably skew a little bit more toward the analytics because I don't understand the film. I feel like I can uh, maybe digest that a little bit easier. So when I'm looking at the top five or six guys, you know, he misses on the early declare piece, which if he was really that good, you know, he broke out young, he had solid production, but if he was really that good, why didn't he join last year? There was something about last year's class that, you know, maybe it's better for you to stick around one more year. You know, is there something about this class that you have a better chance to stand out? You have a better chance to get that draft capital, get paid, et cetera. And he, he risked his body for a whole season to do that. Right. These guys are out there for all intents and purposes, 
you know, especially at Ohio State, going against other guys that they'll be seeing on Sundays this year moving forward. So there was something last year that said, you know what, I'm going to sit, sit here and I'm going to do another another solid year. I'm going to you know put up some more stats and I'm going to enter with four years of experience instead of three. So, um, you know, of course, landing spot could change some things. I think when I see him, I, I flash back a little bit to kind of the situation that Andy Isabella was in. You know, huge production, elite, you know, a, a lot of great things going for him. But then why didn't he leave UMass a year early? Um, so that I know that's a, a pretty basic kind of a correlation there. And I'm sure there's probably some other pieces that I'm, I'm missing or not seeing. But he's the one that I'm most curious about, especially since he's got a teammate in the draft that seems to be in the top five as well. Um, so that, that's kind of where I am. I don't know, Britt, if you've got any thoughts there or where, you know, how that kind of settles with you. Yeah, <clears throat> I think uh... – I mean, first of all, you nailed it with the early declare, right? And you don't come back your your if you come back for your senior season, you better fucking put up a Devonta Smith type season, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no excuse to do the exact same of what you're doing or slightly better a year older and a year more accustomed to the system. That's basically what Chris Olave did. I think what's gonna help Chris Olave is sort of just the fact that he's going to be that typical prototypical route runner guy who's gonna be just he he, he will bust only because he may never be like he never may never breach like a top 15 wide receiver finish, but he's going to be a consistent solid wide receiver too for four or five years. Honestly, I, I would put solid money on that. Um, and then I think for Drake London, I, I think it's fair. And I, you know, you, you got to worry about like, well, where's the hype? Well, like he is like, if you took away like his most common issue is a contested catches. Right. And I talked about me and Jacob talked about this on a podcast on rookie on the rise. And if you took away his contested catches, which I don't know when it became a bad thing to be good at them, but apparently it is now. But if you took those <laughs> away, he had like 91%. He had, or excuse me, he had 91 catches still on the season. And he didn't finish a full season. Right. So like yeah. that year is so elite. And the fact that he did all of that is just, it's, it's impressive to me. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think you bring up good points about the separation. There's definitely like, you know, there's definitely clips depending on who you're talking to, who you're following, if they like them or not, or if you can pull out, where it's like, here's really good separation for George or for Drake London. And here's Drake London basically getting bodied by a Pac-12 corner, mm-hmm. right? So like, you got to be concerned. And I think this pro day of his is going to do no help to anybody because you're either going to hate him more or like him more. Right. And everyone's going to basically double count because like, oh, he's fast. Look, he's wide receiver <laughs> one now. It's like, oh, he's slow. Look, slow. Look, he's wide receiver six now. It's like, listen, guys, like we're expecting him to run like a four, five, five. Right. Like, if, he, right. if he runs any faster than that, or slower, honestly, I'll be I'll be fine with that. I don't really give a shit, right? Like that's like tr- being mad that Traylon. Like it's one thing if you're labeled as an athletic wide receiver, like Traylon Burks was, and then going to fucking like shitting on the combine and like eating McDonald's and just forgetting to like run and be athletic. Right. We don't expect that from Drake London. So if Drake London does what Traylon Burks does, I think it actually helps him more than it hurt, helps Traylon Burks. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this class is so fun because any one of these guys could hit. Right, like or could, could bust like Jamison mm-hmm. Williams. We have one year. Yeah, I don't know Garrett Wilson. Like, okay, cool, Garrett Wilson. Like, you came out, you did great, but you also got outplayed by a rookie in JSN and Chris Olave. Basically, like doubled your number, then double, but like matched your numbers, yeah. and he stayed an extra year. Yeah, and then Traylon Burks. Like, sure, Traylon. Like, okay, you did two excellent years at Arkansas. Awesome, but like, what is your ability on the field? Like, you're yeah. supposed to be athletic, but you're not athletic. So do we have to scheme you open or you see this giant Debo Samuel that doesn't have the athleticism? Like, are you going to be able to dominate your route tree? And then Chris Olave is like, 
are like how how valuable is your floor? Like, is your floor good for it's like cool, man? Like, I would be so thrilled to get you at like 204 in a rookie draft, but I have to draft you like 107 now. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to draft 107 to get like an a career average of like wide receiver 20 or 618 production. Like, that's good production yeah. to hit because you're hitting, but like it's not the production you want at that spot. So yeah. this, this that's sort of why this draft is so fun, too, right? It's like we don't know who's going to be good. It's Brees Hall. That's it. I will put all my money on Brees Hall. Everyone else, yep. I just – I don't know. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, and I think you nailed it with, like – and this is if you – whether you're looking at rookie drafts or you're just looking at the NFL draft in general, it's pretty much every position in a nutshell. You might have, like, one guy who you're like, yeah, okay, that guy's going to be legit. And then you have, like, seven guys that you're like, hey – they have like really good trades, but they could fall off the cliff at any moment. And it's just, I, I mean, once you get past 10 at the most, like, and I'm talking about in the NFL draft, not in rookie drafts, in the NFL draft, like, once you get past 10, anything can happen. And literally, you have no idea. You cannot predict, like, yes, this guy is going, like, even last year, um, Mac Jones went to the Patriots at 15, and we were like, this guy's skill set matches perfectly what this team wants to do. He's going to be fine. Like, we, we, weren't we weren't saying, like, he's going to be the best quarterback coming out of this draft class, but we were saying, listen, you don't have to worry about this guy. Like, he's going to be okay for his entire career. Like, his floor is okay. Like, his ceiling could be, like, pretty good. Like, not elite, not, like, like pretty good. Once you get past 10, you're just like, I don't know. Like, Stingley yeah. goes, like, 12. I don't know. <laughs> like, what one of these, like, O-linemen drops. The, the Cowboys just put out their 30 list today, which is actually their 28 list because they only listed 28 players. And Charles Cross is on their list, which is, like, really interesting to me because it's, like, everybody's been saying, like, oh, this dude is top 10. Like, he's – there's – obviously Dallas thinks that there's some kind of chance that he could fall maybe not to 24, but maybe fall to – 18, 19, 20, where they go, all right, let's trade up a few spots and get this offensive lineman that we need. So that was interesting to me. And like, we don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. So it's going to be fun. But um, all right, let's move on to the next one here. This is from our boy from across the pond, from the, the great nation of Ireland, Jerry O'Shea at Jerry Shea FF. Why is the wide receiver Green Bay or Kansas City going to draft? in the first round going to be the one one in rookie drafts this year. I'm going to start this off and say, no, <laughs> that's why. No, it's not going to happen. Listen, Christian Watson might go there to one of those spots. Jahan Dotson. And look, I, I like both of those guys for different reasons. Brees Hall is the one one Maybe in a super flex, you get a guy at one one who's got like, Marcus Mariota and Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterbacks. And he goes, 
God, I need a quarterback. I'm going to take Malik Willis. But besides like those scenarios, Brees Hall is your one-on-one. And honestly, unless between now and the draft, and I don't want to put no curses on no one, Brees Hall tears an Achilles or something running. What are you Why would doing? you do that? Oh, my God. But that's the God only way. You're just <laughs> saying that because I have the one-on-one in one of our leagues. What's that? You're just saying that because I got the one-on-one, one-on-two in our <laughs> I, our I have the league. one-on-two in a league, too. So, try, I mean, I'm trying to trade that, John. But – Unbelievable. Um, Absolutely unbelievable. How dare you? That's the only way that Brees Hall is not the 101. That's it. That's the only way. (laughs) Honestly, he still may be. (laughs) He might still be. But, you know, so listen, a a lot of those guys that are going to be around for those two teams, and they have multiple picks at the end of that first round, there's going to be some good wide receivers there. Not only are they not going to be the 101, they're not even going to be the first wide receiver taken because Garrett Wilson is going to go top 10. Drake London is probably going to go top 10. Uh, Chris Olave could be like right outside the top 10 based on some mock drafts. Um, people are go- people like me are still going to love uh, Jameson Williams. So, yeah, I mean, the not only will none of those wide receivers be the 101, they won't even be the first wide receiver taken. Uh, Drew, what do you what do you feel about this? Am I wrong? Am I right? What did I miss? Just watching the chat here. Uh, no, I think uh, I no, I think you're right. You know, I I don't. I think there will be a lot of hype, and in some maybe some more casual leagues, you'll be able to play on that a little bit and. And make some good deals there, but yeah, it, it is Brees Hall. Um, even I've got a league that I took over that I think I have like Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield and uh, maybe Jimmy G or something like that. And I, I'm still most likely taking Brees Hall if I have the 101 there. If I have the 101, I'm trying to trade back to the 102 and get a little piece extra because at that point, I'll take whoever's there. You know, I if it's it, a big piece in that in that That'd league. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take either piece that I can use uh, and, and add some extra, whether it's next year, whether it's later this year. But uh, but yeah, I I am not looking anywhere else. I, I can't think of a receiver that could land there early enough that would make me move off of Brees Hall at 101. Nobody. Because positional scarcity. You, you just can't. You, you literally can't. Like, there's a reason why running backs are pushed up in every rookie draft, and it's because you get two to three years if you're blessed. And beyond that, it's like gravy. Honestly, you should, I mean, we should be churning running backs every couple of years anyways, mm-hmm. just trade wise, but like you, you, the most, so let's just ideal scenario, right? Uh, let's say Jamison Williams goes to Kansas city. That's probably like the best fit just in terms of like additional weapons, things like that. Right. The most he's going to bump up to is two because Drake London's probably going to go to the jets or a similar team where there's like decent competition, but not any a big issue. And he's going to fucking just, or yeah, he's, he's just going to be there. Right. So like it's going to bump up in the, in the positional rankings, but you're still going to be able to get the wide receiver, the the rookie wide receiver for the Packers or the chiefs in like the middle of this first round. The issue is is what happens if they just push it off into the second or third and they grab like a sky Moore or Christian Watson. Now, all of a sudden those guys that were like, you know, Christian Watson should be drafted in like an early third round pick, but now he's going to be drafted like one Oh seven. 
right? Or like Sky Moore, like, hey, maybe you can get him at the tur- at the end of the first. Well, now you got to fight for him over like Olave and these guys. Like, well, I, cool, I like you, but like, I'm never gonna spend that ADP that value to ac- acquire you because like, I that's you're losing from the gate. It's like driving off seven new cars off the lot losing all that value and then selling them for 30% less than you acquired them for. Yep. You're just pissing away money. Also, I see Lindsay's in the chat. Lindsay, what the fuck is up, my dude? It's great to see you. Uh, she smacked my ass in Scott Fishbowl. Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> she, oh, man. She, she beat, beat everybody down. Me, bro. Dude, she... It hurts. I I was... What was I? I was a semi-finalist, and she outdid me. So yeah, She smacked my ass. Bro. She, she came she's in. She's awesome. We came in like, I'm kind of new, like, and I'm like, oh, cool. And she's like, oh, what's up? Fuck you. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Oh. She, she's in our, our listener league, and, and she's like, listen, you know, I'm kind of new to this dynasty yeah, thing. Man. She's so great. She she hustled us. She I forgot what she started the season, 12-0, and 13-0. I think she lost like, maybe her first week and then ripped off 12 straight. That's, like, that's what it was. She, she lost week one, and I don't think she lost again until the – the playoff semifinals. There you go, Lindsay. That's what I'm talking about. That's so, fun. yeah, uh, Lindsay's awesome. She's a stone cold hustler, though. She, um, if if you're in a league with her, she's like, hey, listen, um, I, I don't know about this fantasy thing. You know, yeah. I'm I'm just trying it <laughs> you're out. You're getting Rickrolled. Oh <laughs> yeah, she she's straight <laughs> hustled us. She her team is stacked. I mean, she's gonna be a contender for yeah. years. Oh, and she was God. like, listen, I'm kind of new to this dynasty yeah, thing. Man. Like, take it easy on me. And yeah. Nope. <laughs> no. She, she just came behind us and started slitting <laughs> throats. People were just dropping <laughs> to the ground. We didn't even know what had happened. It was like the red wedding of your fantasy Oh, league. my God. She's like, boom. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw her, like, we were seven rounds through. And I was like, she ain't new. Like, she's killing yeah. us. Like, yeah. Like, Lindsay, you are playing me. Oh, it hurts. Well, it, it's funny because she, uh, she's a great person, but she's a shy person. And we made a deal with her that if she won Scott Fishbowl, and this was before the draft, before everything, we said, if you win Scott Fishbowl, we're getting you on the show. We're we're getting the exclusive because <laughs> you've been you've been one of our people from day one. And she said, fine, if I win it, I'll come on the show. And boy, she was there to the very yeah, she end. She was sweating. I, I think she was there was sweating. a little bit of her that was like, oh. I, I want to look at her last roster lineup. That's what I want to see. I want to see the final week roster lineup. Did Are she sandbag look, it? You looked, yeah, she might have. <laughs> you looked that up. See, see who she put in there. She dropped. She probably dropped like a uh, oh like a Raheem Mostert who was she out. Dobbins in her lineup in, in the final week. Yeah, <laughs> put him in the lineup. Uh, I mean, you could play was... Gabe Davis the same thing, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, got to bring that up. Where's again. the mute button? Nope, nope. I will unmute him immediately. He is speaking the truth here. Ooh, all right. So yeah, sorry, Jerry. That's not gonna happen for you. Um, that yeah, none of those guys are gonna be the one hundred and one. Uh, and the so uh, this next one here is from uh, Superflex Junkie, and he said Jerry's question is similar to mine. Where does George Pickens get drafted in Dynasty rookie drafts if Green Bay drafts Pickens in the NFL draft? Does he jump any or all of the top three? Wilson, London, Burks? No, he doesn't. Um, I don't – unless he gets – Unless Burks drops to like the second round is the only way I could see that happening. 
I don't think he will personally. I think his floor is Dallas at 24 uh, for Traylon Burks. But if I'm wrong, which I've been wrong plenty of times in my life, um, and Pickens goes with that first Green Bay pick, I think it's 22. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Traylon Burks falls out of the first. Maybe he can jump him, but I don't think he jumps, realistically jumps any of those three guys. Um, Britt, what do you think? I think that's a fun conversation, right? Because it's important to emphasize or to um, front load this. It has to be in the first round because if it's not drafted in the first round, it doesn't really matter in terms of like moving up. But I mean, if Pickens gets drafted to Green Bay, he's got to move over Olave. Uh, depending where Jamison Williams gets, he's got to move over Jamison Williams, assuming that Williams isn't in like a juicy spot, right? Mm-hmm. He's may need to get over Wilson assuming because I mean I don't know where Wilson's gonna go anymore he was he wasn't brown but now he's not so he's saved thank you to Sean right the one good thing he's done in his life is save Jason James or Garrett Wilson's uh fantasy career yeah. um so like I, I mean he's definitely gonna bump up I don't think he can bump out any of the top three but he could probably be number four relatively yeah. easy which I think is like a two positional rank move it's tough because you don't want to have a huge jostle of your of your rankings after the draft because you want to be changing things based on like they're, they're already ordered in town or they should be. Yes. And so all you're really cha- are changing for is the draft capital. It's like where the draft capital is and all five wide receivers should be receiving the same draft capital. So you really shouldn't be moving too much. Then you can like look at situation, but like situation it matters, but like in the long scheme of things, it doesn't fucking matter. Like I don't really give a shit. Cream's going to rise to the crop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he may move in a tier of his, I guess, in the second tier, but he's not going like, to get bumped up to this asinine ranking. So, most, some will, most will, because it's sexy and it's mm-hmm. fun. And Aaron Rodgers has his new Devonta Adams and hello tagline for the next six months. But I mean, I, I would never suggest someone to do that. What do you think, Drew? Is there any chance he bumps out one of the top three? Top three, I, I don't <laughs> see it. I think the most important thing that Britt shared is those top guys are all going to have similar enough draft capital that it's not going to be enough to, to tip the scales. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think so. And if he bumps up a spot or two, that's fine. Uh, I think it's so fluid. Like Brett said earlier too, there's so many uh, different question marks for each guy that you could justify him in anywhere between four, seven, eight. So go, go with your, your heart, go with your gut, go with whatever spreadsheet you've got and uh, you know, go with God. There you go. All right. So this next one here is from some guy, uh, Bill McCarthy at Super Duplex. Never heard of him. Uh, just kidding, Bill. We love you. Uh, <laughs> if you were going to take a flyer on a QB at the start of round two in a rookie draft, we're talking Superflex here. Who would it be? Drew, why don't you start us off? I think Britt put the note in here. Uh, I, I'm with him. I, I am absolutely eyeballing Desmond Ritter at the top of the second somewhere around that turn um yeah he's got he's got the tools he he's had success there and I, I would love to have him stashed as the second qb that i take if i've got you know maybe multiple firsts or something i'm totally fine moving back and maybe i have the maybe i have an early first and then i've got a late first i'm fine moving back from that late first top of the second get an extra piece get something into next year at a you know 23 second or whatever and i will i will take my my Desmond Ritter and go back to sending my lineups in August. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, 
Brit, big yes. Same. Yeah. Um. You know the issue with that, Drew, is that he's not going to be available there because apparently he's dra- getting drafted in the first round. Apparently he's the second best quarterback in the draft. So like assuming that that's reality and that we're not living in a true simulation because like that is the litmus <sighs> test of simulations. Does Desmond Ritter get drafted in the first round? Yes. Blow the fucking computer up. Let's start this bitch over. No, okay, <laughs> it may actually be real. Um, <clears throat> theoretically, if Desmond Ritter gets drafted in the second round, let's say Jalen Hurts area, 100%, that is my guy. That is my boy. Yep. After that, it is going to be Sam Howell. Uh, Matt Corral is fun. He's sexy. He's got a good arm. He runs, but he also doesn't protect himself. And I don't like quarterbacks that run and don't protect themselves at like body weight of 205. I'm not a big fan. I have a general rule of thumb that if I can bench you and you don't protect yourself, I'm concerned about you. And so that's a good rule. He, he, and I'm a really bad bencher. So like he is within that, that threshold. Uh, So I I think Sam Howell is the only other guy other than Desmond Ritter that I'd be really interested in. If you want. Yeah. I mean, at that point, there's really no one else, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's Desmond Ritter for me. I feel like Desmond Ritter is the guy, and there's one or two QBs every year <clears throat> that every every draft guy goes, well, uh, someone's going to trade back into the first round to get the fifth year on them. And a lot of times those guys don't get traded back into the first round for. Um, those teams at the end, maybe they're looking for too much in return for the pick. Uh, maybe somebody fell that they didn't expect to fall and they would rather take that guy and not trade the pick to someone who needs a quarterback, whatever the case may be. Um, we hear it every year. There's one or two guys. Somebody's going to trade back. And I think Desmond Ritter is one of those guys this year that we're going to say it a whole bunch. And then the actual draft is going to happen. And we're going to be like, uh, you know, top of day two, like this guy, you know, maybe Detroit didn't take any, a quarterback with their first two picks and, you know, Desmond Ritter at the top of the second, you know, something like that. Um, If he goes first, obviously your chances of getting him at the top of the second evaporate because any quarterback that goes in the first round, um, I don't care if you like, I mean, we, we talk about this quarterback draft being like, we don't like it, but I'll tell you right now, this isn't going to happen. But if, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, um, Matt Corral, all go in the first round. They're all going to be first round picks in your rookie super flex draft. It's it's going to happen because we're going to say, oh, they got drafted in the first round. So obviously X team likes them. So we need to get them on our team because we need to have as many quarterbacks as possible. So, um, that's going to be a thing. So if Desmond Ritter goes in the first, he's, you're not going to get him in the second. Um, but I, I like Ritter because I think he like he has the physical tools to be a good NFL quarterback. Not not great, not elite. Again, you know, I say good, and people are like, "You think he's going to the Hall of Fame?" It's like, no, like elite players go to the Hall of Fame. Good players. Like, they have nice careers. They're like Alex Smith. They have great careers. You you hope they're on your team. But no one's like, hey, Alex Smith should go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, maybe he should just for that leg injury that he came back from. But actual play on the field-wise, not so much. So 
Um, but yeah, I think he has the physical tools to be a good NFL quarterback. So he would be my guy. Obviously, this is all null and void if he gets taken in the first round. So cool. Now we're like starting to turn through these a little bit. All right. So this this is a fun one, and this is one, uh, Britt. I want to hear your uh, your answer on because I I really I am going to not lie to the people. I have looked at a lot of these running backs, and honestly, past the top three, I don't care. Like, I'm just like, there are some guys that can do some things, but like, like I'm gonna and don't get me wrong, I'm gonna be in rookie drafts and I'm gonna take these guys, which is why I wanted to watch these guys. So I'm not, you know, two ten, and I'm like. Uh, I only knew the top three guys, and I don't know any of these guys, and I take somebody who, like, really should have went in the fourth. Um, but uh, this is from Martin T. Ozimek, and I hope I said that right, at Mozimek. Rookie RB outside of the big three. We're talking about Brees Hall, uh, Isaiah Spiller, and uh, Kenneth Walker. With the highest odds of becoming a legit three-down bell cow at some point in their career, even if said odds are low, my lean is Brian Robinson. Okay, that's an interesting lean. It's not my lean, but it's an interesting lean. Um, Britt, I want to hear your answer first on this. So who who is that guy? Who who has the chance? Oh, there's to be that so many down? in this draft. There really are. Uh, it's kind of it comes to the tier. Brian Robinson is a good one. You're not wrong. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got the production of Alabama. The issue is, is that it was fifth year and it was just like, why didn't you push for more playing time? Like Josh Jacobs did yep. with Najee Harris. Right. So like, cool. You're fine. You're not a high tier running back. You're going to draft day two because you wore a crimson helmet. Awesome. Uh, next guy up, Jerome Ford played at Alabama said, psych, going to go to Cincinnati and then drop Schlong on Cincinnati. <laughs> and really what you're looking for here is do you weigh at least above 205 have you caught over like 20 receptions or had a target share above five percent and then like have you had a season of like production right and there's so many running backs in this, this class so Jerome ford is one uh rashad white is one he's he's an electric pass catcher there's questions on what his ability as running back running is which is difficult because running backs run and so you're like Aha! but like he's another one uh, you go a little deeper. Keonta Egram is a great one. Out of Texas, transferred to USC and did great USC. Pierre Strong out of North Dakota State had four seasons of 1,000 yards and multi-touchdowns and had multi-catches while also being fast and thick. This boy, if you want a James Robinson in the class, is Pierre Strong. And then you got Zamir Wright. Uh, I don't know if Zamir Wright can catch because he unfortunately shared a backfield with James Cook and uh, – I'm not sure anyone's as good of a catcher as as James Cook in this class. Maybe Rashad White, right? So, sure, Zamir may be able to catch and do well, but he's never had the opportunity because Dalvin's little brother said, yo, I'm not thick like Dalvin, but I can catch better than Dalvin, so check this out. Uh, and then you kind of you, you drop into, like, the, the iffy tier, right? You got Tyler Batty out of Missouri, 197. The first three years at Missouri is just disgusting. You're like, what are you doing with your life? Why are you doing this? He came back his senior year, had a Najee Harris-esque year, posted incredible analytics, high high 80th percentile across the board, doing great. 
And then you also have guys like Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, someone who I'm a little more shaky on, you know, but he's he's got there. You got Tyler Algier as well. Um, and, you know, like there's a couple other guys. Ke- oh, I can't believe this. Kevin Harris. Uh, if you want a late round guy who is going to be a workhorse, given that he gets drafted like before round four, or even round four early Michael Carter area, like Kevin Harris is that guy. The issue and the reason why he isn't propped up is because he had a back injury um, in Chuta or last year, and it kept him out pretty much the entire year. It was like in, in spring practices, like right this time last year. And he didn't really come back from that. But he had a really, really good 2020 season because he was literally the only running back healthy after their incoming freshman, Marshawn Lloyd, tore his ACL. Marshawn, please get better, dude. I want you to be good. Just do this for me. But uh, Kevin Harris has the size, the catching chops. He's athletic. And I, I he's pretty fucking cheap. So, like, there's a lot of guys that have that ability. And the beautiful thing of this class, this running back class, is that their values are just spread so evenly across all four mm-hmm. rounds that you can literally pick and choose your tiers and you're not really going to run out of running backs that have that mm-hmm. workhouse capability. And when you do, you have these guys that have this high receiving upside and a ceiling with like the Jaron Ely's, Jaron Ely's and guys like that. And you're like, honestly, after Sky Moore's off the board, I don't know what running or what wide receiver I'm going to draft again because like, there's just so many talented running backs that are going to be either in committees or be high profile backups like a Tony Pollard or an Alexander Madison that you can leverage for better draft capital or wins on your fantasy team. So uh, this is a great question and I love talking about it. So please don't be wrong, Britt. Please. <laughs> Drew, is there, is there anyone outside of the top three that you're looking at? Like, ah, oh, he, he could be, mm-hmm. he could be that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in a I'm in an auction startup right now, and I got this guy for less than two percent of my budget. He's my RB one because I went heavy on Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Malik Willis for my top three. Uh, then I I got my boy Diggs while people were doubting what, what's going to happen with him. Uh, I did get DK, so I'm very curious what's going to happen with him. And then it's a it's a bit of a premium, so I ended up with Kittle as well. Uh, it was crazy. Kyle Pitts went for almost as much as the top QBs. Um, so I got uh, Rashad White for less than 2% of my budget. And he is currently my RB1. Uh, we're we're going to see what happens because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a lot of darts here. Like you said, I love that I should be able to get a lot of these guys cheap. And after him, uh, I don't know if anybody's listening that's in that draft, but I'm going after Pierre Strong next. So I'm going to go for those two guys, and then I am absolutely fine going back down. And if I have, if I can get like three or four of these other guys at a dollar at the end of the draft, now that people are starting to exhaust their budgets, it's actually one that Rocky runs. So you know, he's made it a unique setting where we have to start three running backs and four wide receivers. Ooh. So we got to we got to be oh deep here. So uh, I am really giving on the running backs uh, at this in this build because, like you said, I can pick six, seven, eight of these guys up. Um, I've got a bunch of seconds and thirds in the next couple of years because the 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 league's unique that I think next year in 23, the 25 firsts for each team will be in the rookie draft as well. So I'm looking at all my seconds like they're basically quasi first because if you're not taking a player, I'm getting I've got three of them next year in, in 2023 uh, nice. for selling like 25 bucks in my budget this year. Very so nice. I'm going to have either 
high picks in 25, or I'm going to have uh, shots at some, some really good rookies next year uh, that fall to me because other people want to have those first round picks in 2025. So I'm excited, you know, this year, I, I don't expect to do much. Um, you know, we'll see what I, those two quarterbacks could win me a couple of weeks just by themselves. But for this running back class, I am just fine taking those guys. And then uh, I would love to grab, you know, maybe a, a Zonovan Knight later on for a dollar. Uh, you mentioned, uh, I think you said Tyler Goodson, you know, just try to get somebody with a little PPR upside. So I, I will absolutely take a, a bunch of dollar darts and load up and then maybe try to sneak in uh, a vet or two that I can get for a few dollars. Uh, but I feel really good with the the start there. And if, if two of the seven guys that I pick are serviceable, let's have some fun this year. House money. Yeah. And I, I think there are those guys every year. We're like, we didn't talk about them in, in the first round of rookie drafts. And, you know, I remember last year, there were a lot of people saying, uh, you know, Michael Carter is not good. We were like, okay, Michael, don't get me wrong. Michael Carter didn't like, he didn't win you a championship, but you weren't like, God, this guy stunk on my team this year either. And, and I think drew that strategy, especially this year, I think this year and Britt mentioned it, even though I said, honestly, past the, t- the, the top three, I'm just kind of like, meh, like, there's a lot of depth. I think that's actually the theme of this year's draft. There is a lot of depth. Like, pick a position. There's a lot of depth. There's not like the elite, like, oh my God, guy, but there's a lot of depth. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like that. Um, I, I put down Rashad White and watching him, literally, my first note was, dude gets yards. Like, that was my first note because uh, 6.3 yards per carry, and obviously, you know, people will yell at you when you use YPC because they're like, it's not. But in college, I like using it because usually if you can get above six, you're fine. Like, you're you're good enough, you know. Um, but pass catching, whew. I, I agree with you, Britt. Honestly, the only person I like out of this class more as a pass catcher is uh, Cook. Cook is the best pass catcher coming out of this class. Fight me if you want to. Um, I hope the Bills get him. <laughs> an- another. You another, guys have Singletary. Go away. An- another third round running back for the Bills. We um, gave you like, Lynch. Let's go. Um the Bills will just pick a third round running back every year until the end of time, uh, <laughs> just to screw with us all. Um, so yeah, like a- outside of the top three, uh, Rashad White is mine. It just because I mean he's a great pass catcher. He can run a little bit. Yeah, Britt, you're right. Like he didn't have a ton of rushing attempts, and that is the thing. Yeah, I can say, you know, YPC. But, you know, if you get six points, I think he had like a, what was that, 158 rushes or something like that? I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. And my computer is also being a little weird. Um, but not a lot. Like, not a lot. So we can't sit here and say, you know, was it 6.3 because he didn't rush a lot? Or was it 6.3 because he just was efficient with what he had? find out at the next level. He had 183 attempts. 
Okay, so I was a little bit off. But, um, yeah, Rashad White, that dude gets yards. And I like that at the next level. You can, you know, you can have a million touchdowns in college, but if you're not getting yards, it scares me a little bit. Dude, yeah. dude, dude gets yards. So You scared uh, me, Josh. Why? Where did you think I was going? No, because you said the Bills take third-round running backs, and I think of the last two running backs the Bills have taken, both have sucked. And then I thought of Tyler Algier as the perfect fucking Bills running back. He's yeah, not in the third round. And he's a plotter yep. and he's not fast. And the yep. Bills are going to take him instead of Brees Hall. And I'm going to yep. fucking cry. Yep. But I'm going to be happy also because Kadarius Tony skipped a voluntary workout to go to a house party in Florida. I found the mute button. Um, I, w- I will okay. say, I will say, and I had, I, had to f- I had to fight the masses during the process last year. I was I, Rocky said it earlier. I was not on Jalen Rager. I was also not on Kadarius Tony. I I was like, uh, listen, y'all see things, blessings that y'all see that, <laughs> but I, I don't see a dude that can actually do it at the next level. And my mentions got flooded when he <laughs> had that bad, one man. <laughs> that one game where he had like 180 something yards, and people were like, see. I told you, and I don't even know if he had 180-something yards the rest of the goddamn season. All right? So all you people that were in my mentions, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You Look, look you got Gabe Davis 2.0. He's going to have one game. He's going to have it. And you're going to come in my mentions, and you're going to be like, see, I told you. You don't know what you're looking at. And I'm going to be like, all right, let's like wait for the rest of the season to be over before we just crown this dude. I told everybody. I said it on this show. If anybody gives you a first-round pick for Kadarius Tony after that game, you take it, you run, you laugh, you tell all your friends, even your friends that don't know what you're talking about. They'll be like, I don't play fantasy football, guy. I don't know what you're talking about. You just go, but it's really good for me. And they'll just be like, all right, I'm happy for you. And you move along. After you tell everybody, tell your parents, tell your grandparents, just tell random people on the street, I got a first-round pick for Kadarius Tony. And go confess at your local parish for stealing <laughs> your priest. Yeah. Your priest is going to be like, um, I have to call the cops. That's a lot of Hail Marys. <laughs> you, st- you just stole from another human being and not a little bit. You stole a lot. So, um, mm-hmm. that's that. Like, forgive me, father. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. I love the people that were on him and don't get me wrong. By the way, all you Kadarius Tony folks, I know you're still on them. Trust me. I know. I see you in them Twitter streets. I see you in them street. Kadarius Tony, this is this is gonna be his year. Okay. Good luck with that. Um, mm-hmm. Drew Drew's boy, the new the new head coach over in Giants Land, is gonna look at that dude one time and be like, "Get this dude off my field." He's got Don't a different even... project to work on. He's got to get he's got to get Jones into being a a stop. He's got to he's got to sit with Jones until 2023 when they draft their real quarterback. He ain't doing nothing with Jones. He's going to be like, "All right, bud. Like I I'm going to make you look competent, but stop it. He's not he's not out there with Daniel Jones like that. I I'm, I'm going to turn this guy into the next Josh Allen." I'll he buy into, knows. I'll buy into Daniel Jones if he goes and hangs out with Jordan Palmer, but he hasn't yet, so I'm not buying in. Dude. Give him the I, Josh Allen treatment, baby. Dude, I Send his ass to Jordan. Jordan's the soothsayer. Dude, I, if you told me if you told me tomorrow 
that he moved Jordan Palmer into his house, that I'd be, I'd have, I, 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 yeah, I would be like, what you want for that Daniel Jones? <laughs> Somebody be like a ham it. sandwich. I'd be like, I put cheese on it for you. Just that's how bad I want Daniel. Jones. Drive it to your house and give yeah. you a kiss. On I don't the care cheek. where you live. I got you. <laughs> I deliver. Um. All right. Let Let's hit this one here. Ken Brett at Varin Varint six V E R I N T six. Who would you comp QBs like Ritter and Howell to from past classes? I understand that draft capital has to do a lot with QB comps, but this class is lacking, and we are looking at like a 2013 draft situation. I don't think we're looking at a 2013 draft situation. That was historically bad. That was that was Gino. That was EJ Manuel. That Very was na- that was nasty. Stop. No, stop. Listen, no. You know what? I'm not sorry, Drew, because <laughs> the, the path to Josh Allen went through EJ Manuel. You it did not to- have to go through EJ Manuel, Nathan <laughs> Peterman. Listen, <laughs> listen. Could have been Jake from. We yeah. Oh my god. We all that's have closer. to suffer in order to get. Our rewards, and you had to suffer with EJ Manuel, but it got you Josh Allen. So I'm not sorry. Okay, when you have the best quarterback in the game, yes, I said it. I'm not sorry for anything that happened before that, because you had to suffer a little bit so you could get a little, a bit little bit, a little listen, bit. Listen, listen. I don't feel bad for you. You got. Stefan Diggs at a, a billion dollars a year. You you signed Doug Von Fluty, Miller. Salary cap, Salary cap is a myth. Von Miller, Stefan Diggs. Or graphics apparently. Oh, yeah, you did steal it, Von Miller. That was rude. You know, yeah. you know what's difficult about the 2013 comparison is it's not fair because quarterbacks just learned a couple years ago they're allowed to run and they're mm-hmm. good at it. And so if you put those quarterbacks in today's situation. The likelihood they would be colossally as bad is very low because both Man- Manuel and yeah, Smith were good good. runners. Yeah. Right. So, like, if you put them in today's scenario, you probably would have a pretty fucking close situation of like Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. Not that Malik Willis is like ass, but they're going to be propped up successfully because they're good runners. Yep. And so, like, and I, I responded to Ken when he put this question because I think comps are garbage because it's literally just a a litmus test of how far your memory goes and literally no one's going to go past two or three years. You Every single comp people put is either a Hall of Fame generational player or someone that's played in the last two or three years. I, I, that's just how it is. And you'll get the the, the person has been doing it for 10 years and they have a, they have a, they've melded their mind appropriately to make this work. But all the comps are just, that's how they work. And so I, I refuse to do them. I do think that Ritter has top 12 upside but i don't see it more than a year and if it happens it is all things hitting right he's probably closer in the range of like quarterback 14 to 18 and sam howell's literally right there with him i think both these guys you're gonna see one you're gonna see like four or five not so lie three top 24 years i just don't think sam howell's ever gonna give you a top 12 of the year like ritter could theoretically give you yeah Ritter kind of reminds me, and you can insert whatever comp you want to here, but but we see these guys maybe one a year, maybe one every other year, where 
we kind of downplay like all all of their all, everything that they have. We're like, ah, uh, they're like an okay thrower of the ball, and then it's like actually they're like kind of good at throwing the ball. Uh, below average, you know, mobility and speed. Well, actually, he's kind of fast and moves kind of good. I feel like that's what Desmond Ritter is. Like, we look at him and we downplay all of his traits. But, like, if we really look at it, we're like, we should be bumping his traits up a little bit. Not a lot. We're not saying he's bad at something and he's really elite at it. But I think we're saying, like, he's average to below average at stuff. And it's kind of like, no, he's more like average to above average at a lot of stuff. So, um, I don't know what the comp for that would be. Kind of like mobility wise, it kind of reminds me of what we talked about. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to a Hall of Famer or a guy from the last two or three years. It's actually someone I spoke about earlier in a totally different context. Uh, Mobility wise, it reminds me of like Alex Smith. Like when Alex Smith came out, people weren't talking about like, Hey, like he has good mobility. He's like they're like, oh, he's, he's very talented, uh, passer of the ball, and you know, came from Utah and blah blah. And it was like mobility was like, eh, he's not really mobile. And it's like, no, but like he's he's mobile. Like he's not like he's not Lamar. Don't get me wrong. He's not you know he's not elite at it. But like we made it sound like the dude was like stuck in cement. And it was like no, like. And I feel like Desmond Ritter is kind of the same thing. Like, we don't really talk about his mobility. We kind of make the guy seem like he's stuck in cement. And he's got he's got good mobility. Like, he's, yeah. you know, I think he ran like a 4-5-2 at the combine, which is, yeah. which is perfectly fine for a quarterback. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, fun. it's funny. Like, we think everyone should run like a 4-4, except, you know, unless you're like 320. And you should it's run like, a three eight six. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to get on that because some of these guys that are weighing in at three fifty, running like four sevens. I'm mm. like, if you get hit by that guy, it's like getting hit by a train. Yeah, the first ten yards are worse than Derrick Henry. That's yeah. how bad it is. Like, uh, who's the guy? The guy from Georgia. From Georgia, yeah. Georgia, yeah. Some something six seven three hundred and eighty pounds or whatever. Yeah, he's like he was like three mm-hmm. like three sixty five, and mm-hmm. I think he cut weight for the combine, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. He cut weight to three sixty five. Chick Fil A, and then yeah, right. And then he runs like a four seven, and I'm like, what? Because <laughs> it took did, him six did, steps to make the distance. What? <laughs> Dude, like of course, what? And then I'm like, all right, well, I'm ready for every running back now to run like a three nine. Because, because <laughs> then if we're, we're going to proportion this to weight, that's what all you guys should run is a three nine at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I, like he ran, I think it was like a four five two or something like that. Yeah, it was around which there. Which is quite all right. Like it's very good for a quarterback. So um, yeah, like I don't have like a direct comp because i am with you brett i hate comps i hate them it's like i always get them wrong yep like i'm like hey he looks like this guy mm-hmm. and literally every other person that i talk to that watches film and is actually really good at it is like 
I don't see even one percent of that. And I'm like, that's fine. Like no, I that's why I don't do this for a living because no one would pay me more than two weeks to do this. So um but yeah, like Desmond Ritter just seems like a guy we kind of downplay all this traits and you know what he's you know what's a good comp for him? And this is funny because this is just shows how good I am with counts, but he's like a good Jordan Love. Oh, I like that. Like mobile. I, I like that. Shaky production, shaky accuracy, but mobile. And like we don't know if Jordan Love is actually good or not because Aaron Rodgers is just like, bro, you you took a quarterback round one. Watch this. Bye bye. Yeah. Sit and stay. Yep. You get a we're gonna see how good quarterbacks are when they sit five seasons. That's what we're gonna see. We're gonna see how good he's at five seasons, <laughs> but um, I think Desmond Ritter is a better Jordan Love because Jordan Love's biggest issue is like consistency, mm-hmm. like week to week, and Desmond Ritter's biggest issue is just like accuracy when he's running and throwing. So like, I, I think I think that's a fun comp just stylistically. I mean, it's very unlikely to actually yield like good fruit, but if I had to put a comp gun to my head that's who i would do for ritter and i'm i refuse, I refuse to comp how because i'm not going to put that juju on him <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to put that that second round juju on him no no you um, can't do that yeah like I, I i'm with you i hate comps and it's probably because i'm not any good at them and that's fine like we gotta all know our limitations but um yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I I am sorry, Ken. Um, I know I'm supposed to do what the people ask me to do, but I I can't do it, Drew. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe you got the bomb. Save us, Drew. Maybe that I I asked the wrong person, and you're gonna come here. You're gonna give me all I, the good. This comps is not. At- this is not in my wheelhouse at all. You know, I, I I'm lazy when it comes to comps. Oh yeah. You, know, you you have a similar physical build to this guy, or you know, maybe I saw a couple of clips that maybe you know flashed back to uh, I saw this guy do this uh, one time, you know, throw throw that ball over those mountains over there, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Sam Howell. I guess uh, maybe Daniel Jones, something like that. But uh, oh yeah. oh, ooh, <laughs> I might have to kick you off the damn show for that, Daniel Jones. <laughs> But uh, <sighs> but other than that, yeah, I, I I don't dabble in that a whole lot. You know, I I don't I don't know. He's Daniel Jones or Matt Barkley. <laughs> Those are his outcomes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god, so so bad or worse? All right, that's yeah, bad. it's it's not great. That's, oh man, he's gonna get drafted fifteenth over sixteenth overall or seventeenth by the Saints, and I'm just gonna be like, fuck. <laughs> oh no, I made a mistake. Nah. Nah, they got they got. No, they're gonna trade up for some stupid tackle. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. That that was another uh, another rumor is that they're gonna use these two picks to to then trade up into the top five to get uh to get a, a offensive lineman. I was like, Awful. oh, that's that's great. That's I hope they do. I love when the Saints fail. Makes me happy. I mean. It's funny because someone was actually like, we do need to remember that this was also the team that uh, traded multiple firsts for uh, 
Marcus Davenport. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. And I just remember going, wow, people, NFL teams will make bad trades just like the rest of us. Uh, uh-huh. Bless them. They'll trade like three picks just to get Adam Troutman and then well, not play him. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny story about that, and uh, I'm not in this league anymore. And honestly, the guy that uh, did this, I would bet money, doesn't listen to the show anyway. So um, this this was a league where the the rookie draft took place before the NFL draft. So mm-hmm. this guy trades three firsts. It was two firsts in that year and a first in the following year to move up from like five 105 to 101. And this was the Joe Burrow year. No. So everybody goes, Oh, my man, he he just traded all that to get Joe Burrow. Yeah. He said, Nope. I traded all that to get Drew's favorite player to a tongue of And we all went, wait, what? You did what? You did. He said, he and he said straight up. He said, "You're all wrong. Tua is going to be the best player in this class." And I said, "Oh, one hit Tua." <laughs> and by the way, I can say that because I currently have one hip that is held together with a steel rod and seven <laughs> surgical screws. So I am also a one-hipped man. And I throw left-handed, and what no NFL team want me at quarterback either. So I, I said, listen, as someone who who only operates with one hit, I can tell you, it's not easy. Yes, <laughs> they're doing those DAC warm-ups. Yeah, you do. Listen, I can I can only do half of the DAC warm-up because the left side pops, <laughs> the right side there's no pop. There's, you can there's, plant, but you can't whip. Yeah. There's oh, no you get on the golf course. Yeah. See if you can clear your hips. Charles Barkley with those shit. <laughs> it's it's a, too it's bad. Actually, it's actually funny. I, I used to play in like a lot of like rec softball leagues when I was younger. And I was a I was a power hitter. And after my accident, when you literally can't twist or clear one of your hips, my swing is all arms and don't get me wrong if i can if i can connect i have enough arm strength to still whip balls wherever i want but dude trying to connect when you can't turn your hips, don't lie, josh you're you're poking you're poking that ball opposite field just to get to first he's going oppo he's going deep oppo to get to first by the way i can't tell if i make if i make contact i can't tell you where that ball is going to end up <laughs> Like I used to be able to turn, hit to opposite field, whatever I wanted to do. Now it's all arms, and it's like it's wherever the ball hit the bat. That's where it's going, and I don't know where it's going to end up. So, you know, I told him, I said, "Dude, as somebody that operates with one hit, man, I don't know about this one." Like, you're asking a, a guy in the NFL, and I understand he's going to have time to sit and wait. And we had a we had Fitz Magic, and that was fun for a little bit. But I was like. I'm I'm curious. I should hit that guy up and see. You how should because I want to see. I want I I want to see his reaction to when Tyreek Hill came to town. Because yeah, that yeah. boy must have came in that league and said, "See, I told you so." 
They oh, love Tua. Tua is going to be elite. That, that's that's what uh, that's what Drew's been saying this whole year. We got a little <laughs> we got a little bet on Tua. So uh, Drew loves Tua. He loved I, Tua before Tyreek Hill. So I'm not. I get it. I'm not going to question Drew's love because Drew loved him before he had a head coach. I, I also love Marcus Mariota coming out of Oregon. I, I don't know. There's something about the something about the Samoans. Marcus is phenomenal first and foremost, and I can't wait for him just to be disjointed after his sixth game at the Atlanta Falcons, and I'll be holding all the Mariotas, not trading them away, and I'll cry very long tears to sleep. Uh, no, I'm scared too, though, because he's like the most fragile quarterback we have. It used to be Baker. But Baker's fate is now determined. Like you are a homeless man, Baker. You have no team. Seattle's not going to trade for you. The Browns won't release you. You're in quarterback purgatory. And so, it, for Tua, it's literally how good can you be with one of the best complementary weapons in the league now? And you better be fucking good because if you're not, they're going to ship your ass off. And that is so that is scarier than owning jail or managing a team with Jalen Hurts for the last two years. Because you literally could have go from this guy that could be top 12 quarterback with these mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. or be Sam Darnold and just pop around the league and do just a little bit. He's better than Darnold, but like that's that's his future in terms of like finding new teams. And that's just so scary as a manager for your fantasy football team. So what do you what are you uh, what are you willing to take for two in the Superflex League right now as far as either rookie picks or are you willing to package him plus what to move up to a, a guy you're more comfortable with for your QB too? As a quarterback too, honestly, I ride with it. It's because the ceiling's so big. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't see, unless it was a really nice deal where like you move Tua for Kirk Cousins in a second, which I don't even think is reasonable or not, but like you move mm-hmm. him to like those, Derek Carr, I guess, doesn't kind yeah. of. Uh, I think Brett froze here. Um, so the words. Oh, oh my, so those, so I like trade, I would trade them for like the Derek cars of the world and Kirk cousins because like they are going to do just as well. And you're going to get picks back as well. Yeah. Right. But I don't know what I would move up to for, to get him. I mean, I don't know, man. Like what would it take to move off of him? You know, what would you have to add to him to get to Russ at this point? An older guy or a Stafford older guy. Man, I think you have to throw in a first. Mm-hmm. That's scary. I'm not doing that. And I, 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 I don't think you could. I just think that because you're throwing in a first, you're adding on 10 years of age, and you're going to get possibly less production. Like you get security <clears throat> for three years, which is cool. But like, I don't really, I'm not really in the business of finding back end quarter or like top end quarterback twos. I don't know if Stafford or Russell are going to give you a consistent stream of quarterback one performances. And I know they've got great teams, but I, I just, I don't know. And so why would I add in a first when I could have a guy that's 25 and could give me the exact same ceiling, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense financially on for your team to, to trade him away. What do you have to give up in addition to it to get to Trevor Lawrence? Man, I feel like people are weird about Lawrence. I feel like it's easy, honestly. I would do it in a second. I really would. I think if they're like, hey, give me a Tua and a first for Lawrence, if it was like two, like 110 this year, I would do that in a heartbeat. I really would. I think the stability around Lawrence is there. I think Lawrence is going to be a better quarterback longer term. 
Or he's going to be one of the be- most beautiful busts in all of fantasy football. <laughs> and like, I think there's a resonating beauty about owning or managing a portion of that. Like, I managed Trevor Lawrence on my fantasy football team, and he was one of the most colossal busts of all time. And I was a part of that. We'll see which way that goes. Oh, please yeah. don't be bad, dear God. So, so Drew, Drew and I have a, a bet, and this is just for the 2022 season on. Uh, who will have more fantasy points, Trevor Lawrence or uh, Tua? And this was made before head coaches, like January before or something, Tyreek yeah. Hill, before all of that. And honestly, before Christian Kirk, yeah, okay. Hey. Um, <laughs> e- e- even with the uh, interesting, Jay Jones, we'll call it interesting spending by money uh, laundering. So that was by the. Uh, by the Jaguars, uh, I still feel pretty confident in my bet because uh, I, I've said this multiple times. Trevor Lawrence is the first player in NFL history that had to be the starting quarterback and head coach for his team at the same time. <laughs> um, so he had a lot on his plate. Um, yeah. most, hey. most rookie QBs don't have to also uh, be the head coach. So I think with a established NFL coach in Doug Peterson, a guy who has taken a team to a Super Bowl, there's going to be some stability there. It's going to be a real, you know, they're going to have real practices. Kickers aren't going to get kicked. Um, he will he will fly home uh, with the team, whether it's a win or a loss. Yeah. Um, there's going to be no chop house action for Doug Peterson. Uh, Doug, uh, Peterson's idea of chop house action is going to a restaurant and getting a wedge salad. That's the only chop (laughs) that that man knows about. So, um, yeah, it's, things are going to be a lot better for, for my boy T-Law and, um, sneaky rusher too. Yes, which I think Doug Peterson, uh, after watching about 20 minutes of tape, will realize and will implement some stuff. For some reason, Urban Meyer, a great football mind that he is, was like, Trevor, we don't want you to run all that much. We don't like quarterbacks that run. And um, I mean, he also didn't know who Aaron Donald was. So, oh, my God, who's this 99? We we got that as well. Like this uh, freight truck. But, okay. but all right, we, we could talk about this forever, yeah. but uh, we're getting to an hour and 40 minutes here. Yeah. So, uh, Britt, thanks for coming on, man. This has been a ton of fun. It has been uh, great chopping it up with you. Uh, just tell everybody again real quick where they can find yeah. you, what you're up to, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at VFF Sandman. Uh, you can find my podcast, Rookie on the Rise, on all of your favorite podcasting streams. Just basically, we are. I'm on a mission to make you suck less by letting you hit better or do better on your rookie draft, and that is the goal of Rookie on the Rise. Uh, we're gonna have a really fun game called Rotorball come up probably a little bit after the draft, where it's essentially a salary single season salary league best ball where it's only rookies. So you have like six roster spots, you have to fill it with the rookies. And then the winner gets a certain amount of prize. And we're going to also donate a portion to charity if everything pans out the way it does. You can find my other podcast, Predictive Measures of Success, 
by typing in Devi Deep Dive. I'm a part of that channel, and you'll find us there. Uh, if you're interested in Devi, May 22nd, we are going to be having the Devi Summit. It is going to be a six-hour potathon with the Devi Dashboard, the Campus to Canton Boys, and the Rookie Big Board Boys. Uh, we are going to be covering any and all things Devi, and it is going to be a charity event that is going that all proceeds are going to be going to the Ukrainian refugees being displaced mm. by this tr tragic and terrific event. Uh, you can buy apparel now on Viridian Global. Um, those snapbacks are looking very, very fly, and I'm ready to buy a couple. Uh, let's see. I'm going to be dropping an article for Dynasty Nerds, or not Dynasty Nerds, Fantasy Pros, probably in a week. Uh, right for Breakout Finder, right for Yards Per. Writing's sort of going down because no one reads writing anymore, and I'd rather just talk to y'all instead of writing, honestly. So I'll have a bunch of content for you guys. Come in, chop it up. Holler at me. And uh, come say mean things because it makes me sort of laugh, and I like laughing. <laughs> yeah, and thank you guys for having me on. This is phenomenal. Oh this no, so this has been uh, awesome. Ple pleasure is all ours, and honestly, um, Britt and I are kind of kindred spirits in that way. I love, uh, as the youth would say, I love getting that smoke. Um, <laughs> so if you want to come at me with uh, reasons why I'm wrong about stuff. That's cool. And about three years when you're crying about all the Jalen Rager that you got, and I told you to get Justin Jefferson as your wide receiver two that year. Um, listen, I was wrong about that. He was the wide receiver one. But <laughs> y'all were y'all talking about Jalen Rager better. I was like, okay, I don't know if y'all watch football, but that's fine too. Um, well, I'll catch that smoke. And listen, please come at me when I'm wrong too, because. When Drake London is out here being a big boy, and, and you can come at me and be like, remember that time you said Drake London sucked? I'd be like, yeah, but remember that time I said Justin Jefferson was going to be real good? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll just do that. So um, appreciate you, Britt, for coming on. Appreciate the chat. That was lit. We had yeah. so many people in and out. Um, Lindsay, she RIP my career after I after I said something about Brees Hall that was just used to make a point. I ain't pushing it on the man, but she said Josh is out here predicting injuries. He's not yeah. even a doctor. I'm just listen, saying. Listen, I listen. I when that happens, you, I'm gonna slide in those DMs and I'm gonna light fire on you. That's I want a refund on all the leagues we're in together, Josh. All that, of them. That's fine, but but here's the difference. I did not predict that. I am loud, but you know when I predict something. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Tua in Josh said Brees Hall is going to get hurt next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Josh, Josh said Brees Hall should be your 101, and I don't give a damn what the format Even is. after that, he gets hurt next week. That's what Josh said. I'll stand by that. Josh said, and Josh said the only way he wouldn't is if something bad happened. That's the only way. Because at this point, Brees, there's nothing Brees Hall can do at this point that would get him off of the one nothing he could slap my grandma and i'd still take him one on one he could, <laughs> he could slap he could hang me out and i would take him one on one he could will smith me i'd be like yes sir one more Taylor scoreboard touchdowns come on baby i would be i would be just like chris rock i would be like okay i'm gonna keep my name out i'm gonna keep your name out my mouth i'm gonna do it i'm still taking oh. one on one but i'm just not gonna talk about you no more Yes, um, you keep Malik Willis's name out your damn mouth. Hey, Malik Willis is 102. So, I mean, in Superflex and 1QB, you do your thing. I don't play in any of those leagues. So, um, I'm not going to talk about things I don't know about. 
But um, all right, back back to the outro. We we outroed and then introed and then outro again. So uh, thank you everybody in the chat. Remember, if you're watching us, hit subscribe, hit the bell. You get us, and guess what? When we do this live draft show on night one, you'll have the bell hit. So then you'll be, oh, these that network boy, and you know. If it was just Drew and I, you could at least say, well, Drew's going to bring the fire and Josh will just be there. But we're going to have Russ. We're going to have the Dynasty mm. Outhouse himself, Rocky, mm. the the trade addict himself. We're going to have Andrew Hall, who's doing big things. He's doing mock drafts with industry giants. We got Scott Sidlow, who is one of the, the smartest dudes, if you just listen to his dynasty portfolio strategy Mm -hmm. we have the casey Kasem, who besides being one of the nicest people you could ever talk to is one of the smartest people you can ever talk to i'll be there just like doing my thing just just talking shit um i'll be there stirring the pot that's about it yeah drew drew when um Breeze Hall isn't taken by the bills in the first round will just be cursing that's what he'll really bets yeah making (laughs) terrible bets Britt, if you can believe this, Drew made a, a few bets on the show last year and did not win one of them. Um, I feel like even in gambling, that's hard to do. Um, <laughs> like, you won at least one. Uh, but This but, is my 0-16 season. <laughs> yeah. And this just as hard to do as the 16-0. Shoot, shoot or you're, shoot, baby. You're gonna, and you're going to have another one, too, because you're betting on two of that. That's that's where you made the first mistake. You you bet on you bet on a do it one hit. You know what's gonna happen? Two is gonna go and drop like a fifty five yard or ninety five yard bomb to Tyreek, and then come back next play and drop another ninety five bomb to Tyreek, and then he's gonna dislocate his hip and be out the entire season. Done. And then you're gonna have to then you're gonna have to decide who wins because like you can't the, the bet the bet's null and void. You can't do a bet with uh, he's out he didn't let me out of that. I you can't do Juju that. Juju got hurt. I bet on Juju versus Deontay. And I still I, paid up for the entire season. I let you. You're such a good person. I hey, let it's for you charity. Have, I it's let for you charity. Have that bet though. Hey, I for, did, charity won. I uh. So Drew me and Eric Crocker got into it last draft, and he's like, "John Mechie's around one town." I'm like, no, he's not. He's not. I, he's not around one town. Go away. And he's like, he's like, I was like, "Do you want to bet on it?" Because like, I'm so guaranteed that he's not around one talent. He's like, "Yeah, let's bet." I go, "Okay, we're gonna do a hundred dollars of charity and three hundred pushups live." Like as like you don't you just three hundred pushups live. So many push-ups. Oh my god! And and I'm I'm waiting to like and I, I hope he looks at it. Eric, if you look at it, it's like let's chop it up and come to a decision or agreement here. But like I'm waiting for this to pop up on like the remind you tweet. Like so, dude. Like what are we doing here? Like are we gonna honor this? Like you're good to slide, but like let's get a little charity money. Yeah. Anyways, I love bets for charity. They're phenomenal. Yeah, that that that's all Drew and I do. We do bets for charity. We have another bet, and I forgot which one that was. I forgot what that bet was. Do you remember what that other bet was? Uh, I'll remember after the season when I can figure out what it was. <laughs> I, I actually have it pinned somewhere, so I'll figure it out later. Oh, did we, we, have do another... one, we did one with uh, – who was our guest a couple weeks ago? Linda. We did one with Linda. I don't remember what the bet Shit. was. What did I say? This is why I write things down. I put them in <laughs> tweets so that anybody can throw them in my face if I lose. This is why I'm I make bad bets. <laughs> yeah right there i, I mean the source of it all that's drew, good whiskey though drew make drew just is out here making bad bets so anyway anyway we 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 <laughs> introed again during the outro uh 
thank you to all the YouTube people. If you're doing a podcast thing, an hour and 47 minutes, and we have just been having so much fun, but we also understand that's a lot of time to sit yeah. and listen to anything, so we appreciate it. Remember, if you somehow just stumbled on us and you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe. If you can rate and review, do that too, because apparently there's some kind of algorithm that I'll never understand that rates and reviews help us out. So do that thing. And on that note, Drew, we are out of here. Late.